Today on the New Species Podcast, we're going to try something a little different and talk about something called the taxonomic impediment. This idea that there's a shortage of trained scientists to be able to identify, describe, and generally organize the scientific collections and and describe new species throughout the world. My guest today will be Dr. Jason Bond of the University of California, Davis. Let's get started. New Species, the podcast where we talk to scientists about their discoveries of organisms that are new to science, but not necessarily new to nature. We talk to the authors of these studies to get behind-the-scenes stories, to talk about why these discoveries should matter to everyone, not just scientists, and to help people better understand the wonderful biodiversity of our planet. If you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash new species podcast. Welcome to the New Species Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Patrick, and today I'm joined by Dr. Jason Bond the Schlinger Chair in Insect Systematics at the University of California, Davis. He's here today to talk to us about a very special topic of concern, something called the taxonomic impediment. And that's the shortage of trained taxonomists and curators needed to identify, describe, catalog, curate, and organize species and species collections around the world. And that's just a very brief idea of what it is. It's actually a much broader topic. Welcome, Jason. Oh, hi, Brian. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for having me here. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm well, thanks. And thanks for coming on. This is a special topic. Uh, We're not covering a new species uh, paper where you have published something uh, and we're talking about what was described in that paper. We're going to go a little bit higher level about why I do this podcast to begin with. And it's because there are dozens to hundreds of species described literally every day of the year that are being published. And it's not fast enough. We're losing biodiversity too quickly, faster than we can get to it. Why? And the question boils down to something called the taxonomic impediment, as you well know. And I thought you would be a great person just to to bring on for this simply because I really like you and respect you. You're one of my arachnological heroes. And you've described, uh, I don't even know how many species, like a few hundred? (laughs) And so uh, let's start there. What is the taxonomic impediment? Um, well, first I'll begin by saying that, no, you're, a- you're absolutely right about the, um, I think we all recognize that, um, that there are these, you know, there, there are just massive numbers of, of species out there that remain undescribed. And in fact, if you think about the group that we work on, spiders, they're somewhere in the neighborhood of 50,000 species approximately that have been described over the last 200, you know, 50 plus years. And there's probably 10 times that on the planet. So, you know, you can just quickly do the math and realize, you know, it's, we're hundreds of years away from, from describing all of those, uh, all of those species. Um, we've yet to explore most of the, the, the majority of the biodiversity on our, uh, on, on our planet. And the question is, you know, I, I guess that you're, that, that, that we're posing here is why? And that's, you know, typically what's characterized as the, you know, as the taxonomic impediment. And I would say that to my mind, you know, what's most fundamental to that is, is just simply the, the, it's hard work. Um, uh, at least if you're, you know, if, if you're doing it, if you're doing it in a really thorough, uh, careful sort of way. And, um, and there are very few people, very few people doing it. Uh, you know, there are very few people being trained as taxonomists. There are very few academic institutions, museums that are, that are hiring, uh, taxonomists. So it, 
you know, I mean that that you know that that sort of becomes a uh, you know a bit of it's a, almost like a bottleneck, right? So there's 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 lots of people out there doing collections for various purposes, but there's so few people to do those identifications that we hit a bottleneck area where there's just not enough people trained to be able to to identify all of that stuff. Well, and I mean, we're still well, not even collecting it fast enough, even beyond that. Right, and and I would say I would make a distinction between identif- identification and taxonomy. Identification is a True. is a you know is a is a practical you know sort of thing. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I won't say, I won't I don't want to say that anyone can be trained to identify um, to identify taxa for example, you know, species for example. But you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm teaching an arachnology course in the. Um, uh, undergrad an undergraduate arachnology course in the fall here at, at 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 UC Davis and part of the lab is going to be collecting and identifying spiders. It's how I learned uh, as an undergraduate. Um, the distinction though is is the people that create uh, those uh, species descriptions and and taxonomic keys, which is a which is a scientific uh, which is absolutely a, a scientific endeavor. And, um, and I think, you know, to some extent, you know, that's what, uh, you know, some of that is, has, uh, or at least the, the view that identification and, and the science of taxonomy are, are two things that are equivalent, um, has, uh, you know, I, I think that's contributed to some extent as to why our colleagues at, at universities in biology departments and entomology departments, for example, are less inclined to, you know, to hire people doing taxonomy. I, I think also viewing it as, you know, what, and again, what feeds into that as well is the fact that taxonomic works aren't cited in the same way that, uh, you know, we don't, we don't view them as the, uh, you know, oftentimes they're not viewed in the, in the same way that, that other, uh, yeah, we don't put them in our citations very often when we're talking about like, okay, I went and I did this study and here's all of the different keys that I used. Most of the time we have limits on what we can put into our bibliographies or our references. And those are the first things to get cut. Oh yeah. Right? Right. So you're right. They're not even being they're not even being credited in the same way. So that that leads to a problem in and of itself. Yeah, no, and and, t- and today, you know, citation indices, uh, both for 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 principal investigators and for for journals is the currency that we, you know, is the the currency that we that you know that we deal with. And if you're a, a taxonomist working on an obscure group, uh, you're you know, and, and people are evaluating your you know the worth of you or the worth of your position using the the uh, the impact factor of the journal that you're publishing in and the citation indices that. Or the number of citations that you're racking up, um, uh, then you know, then that's a uh, you know, you're, you're not going to look as good as a as a as a colleague, you know, that's that's right. working on something different, regardless of the fact that you may be, uh, you know, the world's expert um, in a particular group and doing science that is just as important. Yeah, and, and just so we clarify, so people out there, who, we, we're talking about some academic terms here that a lot of people may not know. We talk about, for example, you mentioned impact factor for a journal. In other words, that's how important it is. Basically, that's for for the layman's terms. Like, what's the 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 level of science that's going into it? The higher the impact factor, the the more profound we would like to think that science would be. And then the 
the, the number of citations that you get. In other words, how many people are, are saying like when they write a paper, they say they reference you specifically or your paper in that. Those are important metrics that we use in, in academia. And most of the people who are taxonomists are in academia. And if those are the measures you're using to try to, to keep positions, to build new positions, to hire new people, they're not going to look as good in those areas. And so we, and, and if, I'm a, if I'm a PhD student out there and I want to do taxonomy and I understand that the number of positions is declining, what's my incentive to go into it? Do you have an answer for that? Like, why, why would somebody go into something just – let's stick with descriptive taxonomy because that's traditionally how people kind of think about this. Well, and again, I, I would make the distinction that even, you know, what we might classify as, as descriptive taxonomy is still a – it's a formulation of a hypothesis. Uh, and, and one might even say that, that uh, not, not, not – I, I, well, let me back up and say not say, state – that, um, that if I'm looking at a group of specimens and I'm hypothesizing that those specimens uh, that are individuals from natural populations are a species, um, I'm, and I'm looking at variation across multiple species, I'm testing hypotheses, uh, scientific hypotheses about, uh, about the limits of those variation, uh, about the, the limits of that variation. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, putting forth hypotheses about uh, uh, morphological homology if I'm doing um, if I'm if I'm being integrative uh, about that that might also include ecological data it may also include uh, it may also include molecular data so so I think that that you know one thing that we should block from our you know for, for, you know from our discussions of this is is, is the notion that it's simply, uh, descriptive right. rather than true experimental hypothesis, you know, you know, formulating hypotheses and testing those hypotheses. In fact, I, I would, I, uh, you know, as part of my work in taxonomy, uh, you know, we also, you know, again, we're very integrative about it and we tend to think in terms of, of ecology, morphology, molecules, sometimes even, uh, behavior. But, uh, but I think, you know, from a phylogenetic sense, those are, those are, are tests of hypotheses. We don't go out and just simply randomly collect things and sequence right. them. You know, we we test. You know, we target populations. We target species uh, that formulate tests of uh, well of what we call monophyly. You know, asking the question or sure. or exclusivity. Do, do you know? Do all the individuals across multiple populations? Uh, you know, are, are they part of a of a common lineage? Do they share a common uh, do they share common ancestry? Um, and I, I think you hit a main point here that, that's really important, and that's that the reason taxonomists are important, the reason we, we, we need these people is because they become experts in a group. And you, you mentioned early on in this little bit you just said there about you have to know the range of variation. It's not so easy. I, th- I don't think people understand. It's not so easy as just going into the field and picking up something and saying this either has a name or it doesn't. You have to understand the context of that species, and, and there are people who dedicate their entire lives to being able to do that in all of these ways you describe, looking at the ecology, the, the molecular areas, the morphological areas, you know, the, the shapes of all the little pieces of it, things like that. That requires, and, and you have to have it in a broad context, which means often you, you need to know at least minimally the region that you're in. And I'm talking like in the United States, broad, broad regions like the entire Midwest 
stretching to continental regions. And to get the to really get a big picture, this has to go international. You have to look at the worldwide. So you have to understand, you know, is this something that I'm looking at from from another part of the world? So for example, we have invasive pests that come into the United States. And you need trained experts who can take those specimens that come in and say like, oh, is this a new species? They say, no, actually, this is from such and such a country. You don't have that unless you have people who are trained in these areas to be able to do that, right? Sure. And, and I think... And that's just doing the superficial stuff of just identification. That doesn't even get into all the other stuff you mentioned. I'm just talking at a very superficial level. Right. I guess, too, again, I make that distinction between identification and the science of, of taxonomy. And, and, I would right. say, and I would say that the only way to, for, for a layperson or, or, or even a, you know, a, trained, you know, a, a trained biologist to, to identify you know, an animal, if we're thinking about, you know, some sort of invasive insect or, or yeah, you know, let, let's say an invasive, an invasive insect is, is that, is that someone did the, the underlying science, uh, the taxonomy to, uh, to allow a person to, to, you know, to, to make that identification. Now, um, well, it's important to even going beyond that, right? Because, because you've done the identification and, and now we can get to the higher level stuff that people don't always associate with all of this. If we know what this thing is, we probably know what it's related to. We have a pretty good idea of its ecology. We have a pretty good idea of we can use all of that higher level information uh, about its native habitat, all of these sorts of things, well beyond the description to help us inform how we respond to these things. If we have an idea of its phylogenetic position, we have an idea of other things that are around it. What are the things that are affect those? We can start bringing in things like what are the predators that, that are or the parasites or whatever that would be useful to help control this. These are all things we need a much higher level than just a name on a species for. Yeah, no, correct. Absolutely. That's that's a uh, that that's a great uh, that's a great point. And that's the con- that, that's that that scientific context of of doing taxonomy. Now, one thing that we should circle back around to um, because we you asked the question about, well, how do you convince, you know, what, what, where this question started was, was how do you convince students or, you know, how do we think about, you know, yeah, masters or whatever, how do we make that argument? But maybe what we will, you know, so, so, so let's go, if, if you want, we can go back to that. But then, but I was also thinking, you know, one thing that we might stick a pin in is, you know, also part of the taxonomic impediment is this idea that, that a lot of the work that that we as taxonomists do is um, is, is not is not very accessible. You know the inaccessibility of uh, of that information, which is you know one of the arguments that that have been made. But but I think you make an argument, and it's what, or at least the you know what 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 you mentioned just a moment ago is is it brings me back to this idea of how do you convince, um, or, you know, or why should one support students going into, you know, into taxonomy? And I think that, that that is, you know, that it's worth making the point again, that, that what we're talking about is evolutionary biology. And unfortunately, I don't think, you know, again, you're never going to, I shouldn't say never, but, you know, we seldom see, you know, job ads in the United States for, you know, at, at big university, you and you know, in whatever state, you know, advertising for a, a spider taxonomist or a, you know, or a, or a mayfly taxonomist or, you know, or something like that. You know, what we typically see are 
our advertisements. Well, it's evolutionary biologists. Yeah, you know, no, I always no. look for like an evolutionary biologist or, or right. something along that line. Right. So yeah, they, they want evolutionary biologists. So, so the thing to do is to, is to make sure that as we train students, that they're being trained as, as taxonomists who are clearly, you know, can clearly sell themselves as, as, as evolutionary biologists. Um, you know, to, to my mind that there's a, I, you know, I sometimes have a little bit of, of a tough time reconciling that because, you know, given how important we recognize that biodiversity is, and how important taxonomy is to understanding the biodiversity of our planet that that we should see jobs for you know for taxonomy but uh you know but you know the fact of the matter is is that we you know we often um uh we often don't so people need to be you know kind of ninja taxonomists of sorts where they you know they get the job um but then they also do taxonomy of course, that brings us back to full circle. You know, you, you could you can publish a, uh, you know, are, are those you know if you publish a big mo- you know three hundred page monograph, um, you know, are your colleagues you know your you know the people that are evaluating you are they going to you know are they going to value, um, right? You know that that you know that work. Um, uh, it, you know, I, I suppose that's a little bit of the you know a little bit of the open question. You know, we, we understand why the impediment, or we understand what the impediment is. So where do we go from here? It seems like this idea of a DNA barcode has come up uh, pretty frequently. And that's basically for people who don't know what that is. It's a, a specific gene we can look at and we can compare them between different species. And we can say, yes, if we look at these the sequence of this gene, we can say, okay, these belong to one species and these potentially belong to a different species. Just make a long story short. Hebert and, and gang back in about 2003 or so uh, put forward kind of a formal proposal for what we call a DNA barcode like that. And I think that that was often viewed as the way to help solve the taxonomic impediment. Has it worked? Is it is it is the efficacy high for this? Um, well, I would say that, you know, and of course, this is, you know, people will argue about you know, I, I, you know what what the intent of DNA barcoding is, and, and and exactly what it's attempting to to accomplish. What I would say is is that DNA barcoding, um, and I'll be maybe I'll, I'll I'll be a little overly dogmatic about this, uh, and you know, may, I, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm not saying anything that that people haven't thought about. Um, I know that I'm not I'm not saying this, and that is that it's useless in a vacuum. You know, someone has to, you know, has to do the initial work of, of, you know, understanding, you know, within the context of a particular group, what our, you know, conceptually, what our con, you know, what, what, what is a species, um, you know, what are the limits of variation that, that DNA barcoding in a, in a vacuum is, is, um, you know, is is almost you know is almost meaningless you know you, you can imagine you know that years ago there were i think it was you know in one of those you know a, a jansen paper you know dan jansen talking about you know the the idea of a um of a star wars like not star wars star trek like um tricorder yeah where you know if if we visited another um planet um and you know and discovered you know forms of life uh you know we wouldn't 
you know, uh, you know, imagine that I, you know, we're, we're just not, you know, if that happened tomorrow, it would be nearly impossible to, to apply something like DNA barcoding because, you know, we don't really know what the limits of, of that, you know, life might be, even if it was something similar to, you know, even if it was something similar to here, it, it just, you have to have that context of, of, of traditional taxonomy. And I think a lot of the, you know, we could even go a step further and, and, and first criticize, uh, which has often been done, the problems with, a a, a, a haploid, um, maternally inherited, uh, marker, which is what the, you know, which is what the mitochondrion is, which is sensitive to, you know, things like, which is where we get the barcode from for people who don't understand. That's, that's where we get that barcode oh, right. from in animals. Right. So, so it's from, right. you know, mitochondrial DNA and, and there are all sorts of issues with that in terms of how quickly, uh, you know, selective sweeps can happen. You know, uh, uh, um, the, uh, the fact that it could be sensitive to whether males or females or, or what are my, I mean, the, there are just a lot of problems there. And then you can take that step further into, into, you know, looking at, you know, larger swaths of the, of the animal genome. So other nuclear genetic markers and, um, and some of the, you know, there are these things out there, the multi-species coalescent, you know, where we're, you know, where we're, we're looking at pop, you know, how populations are subdivided. And, and I, and, and I think what we're finding is, is much like DNA barcoding, even when we're looking at genomic sequences that, that, that there is no silver magic bullet out there that's going to, that's going to allow us to automate species discovery and, and, and species uh, you know, species description, species classification that, um, but, on, but on that, on that note though, I mean, that's, that's kind of what people, this is where we get back to our original part of this whole conversation. There's a difference between description and taxonomy, right? And if the taxonomic impediment is simply that we can't get names on species fast enough, we can't do those classifications fast enough. We have to do something, right? So is it better to just go out and sample a whole bunch of species and at least get a barcode and a picture? Uh, minimally, that's what we call a minimalist description that's come around in, in the scientific literature as being kind of a controversial thing. Or is it better that we let them sit on shelves for a long time and get them out? I mean, what, what's so that we can do a, a larger in picture of things? What, you know, how do we get past this particular point of the impediment? Well, I'll say two. I'll say two things to that. I mean, th- thing one is 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 that um, is that describing. Uh, uh, well, maybe I'll say three things. I mean, one is is that is that uh, I do think that there's a that, that there that there are ways out there, and this is my opinion. Um, uh, you know about how we could expedite. The process. Um, we do some things like that in my lab. I, you know, if you sit down and you write, you know, I, you interviewed uh, Rebecca Godwin. Uh, you know, Rebecca wrote thirty some odd species descriptions using Python scripting and and you know databasing measurements and other sorts of things. I mean, there are ways of of quickly doing this. We don't, you know, we don't do, you know, uh, we don't do drawings in the same way that we used to years ago with pen and ink. We, you know, we take digital images. We you know, we use um, Adobe Illustrator, for example, to, you know, to, to digitize our, our drawings. So I think that there are ways of expediting the process that are, that, are, that are part of, you know, what we're seeing today. 
But then the second thing I'll say is, is that, is that I don't think that rapidly describing a bunch of, you know, I don't want to, I think using the term nonsense, nonsensical is, is, you know, is probably a little harsh, but I would say, you know, describing a bunch of things that, that are either poorly described, very poorly described, or are, you know, poorly defined and, and likely to be ultimately sort of bad species or species that weren't carefully thought out. I, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see a lot of value in that. I don't know if that has much value, much more value than a specimen sitting on a museum shelf for, you know, for 15 years and, and, and then being properly uh, described. Um, and then I guess the third thing is, is, well, then how do we, how do we solve that? And, uh, and I, I think that we, I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I looked, I, I actually looked real quick this morning. I, you know, the, um, you know, we spent um, 2.9, billion dollars, or we'll ultimately spend 2.9 billion dollars on the what is it, the Perseverance uh, Mars probe, um, and yeah. compare that. You know, uh, you know, I, you know, something like last year was it the the you know 2019 or 2020 the. But the, the year's budget for the Division of Environmental Biology, which is the division in which systematics, most systematics research is funded here in the U.S. Through yeah, the like national, the taxonomy and the like. Yep. Right. You know, th- their budget was $155 million for the entire division. Now, that probably, you know, maybe, you know, generously we'll say that $50 million, a third of that went to went to systematics research. And, and I would say that we so, – so we spend – proportionally logarithmically you know massive more <laughs> amounts of money exploring other planets than we do you know the, 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 the then we do the planet that we are on the planet that that I would argue we're stuck with you know if, if we if we invested that type of money into you know in, into the infrastructure of and, and the the personnel associated with taxonomy, Maybe that impediment starts to, you know, you know, starts to go away. I, you know, I, but, but I, I don't, you know, you know, look, you know, I think we have to admit that, you know, of course, space exploration, you know, the Department of Defense, the industrial military complex. I mean, there's a lot of things wrapped up into, you know, into our expenditures and in, uh, in space. For some reason, you know, space excites people more than. Than, well, it's the final frontier, you know. Well, the final frontier is still on. The, I mean, you know, we, we could argue that hundreds. The final frontier, I would argue, is the bottom of the ocean. Right. No, no you know, the, the, the final frontier is the, the millions, the, the millions of species on our own planet that we share this planet with. Um, that we, but that's not what Star Trek made made popular. Space, the final frontier, right? So, so we're we're fighting against science fiction. We're fighting against military budgets. We're fighting against all sorts of things while we blissfully ignore uh, species extinctions in our own backyard, literally in our own backyards. Yeah, no, and and, and if you think about it, there, there there was there was this you know this idea that that I, I saw in the the popular press here a while back where. Um, I say the popular press, maybe the things that I read where, you know, this discussion of why haven't we run into intelligent life and the, you know, and, the, and there is this idea that by the time an intelligent uh, life form, you know, has the capacity to, 
you know, to travel in an interstellar sort of way, they've already exhausted all of their resources and have essentially destroyed the, the planet and the ecosystem that they, you know, that they live on. And, and that's the, you know, it, well, the white mice and the dolphins may have something else to say about that. Yeah, right. Well, I just, I just, I, you know, I just, I just worry that's the, you know, is that the that the direction that we're going in? And while we, you know, while we spend, you know, incredible amounts of money exploring, you know, Mars, uh, for example, and and it's not that I don't see the intellectual value in that. It's just I think we need to, I think we need to be investing that kind of money closer to home uh, rather than flying a you know, a, a toy helicopter on, um, uh, you know, on Mars. Yeah, that's exciting. But, but uh, you know, investing a drone into uh, evaluating, um, you know, habitat. The Marianas Trench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the undersea or, you know, or, 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 or doing things to make our planet, you know, you know, to, to make things better for the people on our planet and uh, open up exploration and, you know, and, Central Africa and some of these other places that, you know, that, that are almost unreachable, you know, at the moment. Um, so are you saying basically the best way to solve this, or at least an, an important facet, I'm not going to say the best way, the most important facet is simply funding? Well, I, I don't, yeah, why I mean, not? I, I would I, agree with that. Yeah. I would, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with that if I'm going to be honest with you. The more money you throw at things, the people come out of the woodwork to do things. That's true in every industry. Oh, yeah. No, and if, and if suddenly there was there was $2.7 billion in funding for the next, you know, X number of years to fund, you know, to, to fund, you know, NSF grants from, you know, for, for taxonomy, I think that, um, well, universities aren't. You know, there's overhead and, you know, and all sorts of other things that come along with those, with those grants. I, it, you know, I'll say that it saddens me. In fact, I had a discussion here recently where I was, you know, uh, you know, I was in a, in a set of exams and one of the, the members of the exam committee, every time a, uh, a student that was doing you know, that was in a systematics lab, you know, this, this person spent a little bit of time at the end, you know, sort of trying to make the case to the student that they need to be doing other things. You know, they need to be doing some, you know, what this, he was referring to as experimental biology, because what a taxonomist doing in his opinion, or a systematist was doing in his opinion, wasn't, you know, had no experimental component to it, uh, that they needed to be doing experimental stuff. And, and after I heard that, you know, for the second or third time, I actually just said, you know what, I've heard enough. I, you know, I, uh, A, I, I don't think you understand, uh, you know, what systematics is about, the experimental aspects to it. And then, uh, and then the other thing is, is, you know, do, do, you know, the problem isn't what the student wants to do. The problem is, you know, the people in this room or, you know, on this Zoom that, uh, that don't value it. Um, you know, that, that aren't, you know, because you're telling the student, well, if this is all you're doing, you're never going to get a job. You know, why is that? Uh, you know, that's not the, because of, uh, apparently evolutionary biologists aren't important. Well, again, it's, you know, it was, it was the view, it was, it was the, it was nah, this more narrow mean, but... view of systematics and, um, right, right. And, and that's, that was just making a stab back at that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, okay. So systematics is not evolutionary biology. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and it made me hot. You know, I mean, I just felt, you know, like I said, after I had heard it for about the third time, my, 
you know, I felt myself getting, uh, you know, kind of hot, you know, my, and, um, I, you know, and in fact, I think I even said, I've heard enough, <laughs> you know, don't, uh, <laughs> so it, it, yeah, I think, I think funding, I, you know, unfortunately, I think that, um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of funding these days, you know, the, the barcoding crowd, um, has made, um, you know, has, you know, there, there's a lot of money being thrown at, at, um, at DNA barcoding in Europe and other places. And I, you know, I, 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 my hope is, is that, that, you know, that there are spinoffs for, you know, for true taxonomy that, true taxonomy and systematics that, that, um, that come from that, because I think that, um, you know, I don't think that's going to solve the, that's going to solve the problem. There are things out there like, um, what is it? EVP, the earth bio genome project, you know, where we're thinking a little more, I shouldn't say a little more, we're thinking way more sophisticated, you know, in way more sophisticated terms about, about biodiversity on the planet. And, you know, and again, comparatively speaking, $2.7 billion, you could sequence the genomes of, of, you know, a lot. Yeah. A lot hundreds of, of thousands, <laughs> if not, you know, millions of, uh, well, no, yeah. Millions of species. Um, if we, you know, if we put that kind of money towards understanding, you know, you know, tr truly understanding, collecting, identifying, classifying, genomeizing, you know, the, you know, the, uh, <laughs> you know, all of the, all of the species on this, uh, on this planet. I, I think that those, that, that, that's exciting. Well, I want to ask you this though. What's your final thought on this? Uh, briefly, like, like if you had to to give us a final thought on the taxonomic impediment in a quick way, what would that be? Let me preface it with this: Do you think it's something we can solve first, and then what is your final thought related to that? Uh, well, there's a cynical part of me that thinks it's unsolved that that we're not going to, you know, this is just so ingrained, you know, that this problem has persisted for you know a hundred years or more that that. Uh, that it's it's so ingrained um, that I'm skeptical that that we can solve it. But on the other hand, I think that um, you know I think we need an you know we need an advocate. You know we need some we need these we need podcasts like you know we 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 need we need to <laughs> we need to generate you know like the one that you're doing, Brian. You know where where we generate the enthusiasm that's out there because because I think. You know, and, and sometimes I hope, you know, I, well, it's people I, didn't see me pointing at myself on Zoom. <laughs> well, you that. didn't have to tell anybody that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but I would say, you know, we need a hero. We, we, we need someone that, you know, I, I thought if I was independently wealthy, if I, if I had more money than I, you know, I've had Bill Gates, you know, types of funds, you know, I, you know, what I would do is establish a, um, you know, a taxonomic foundation and institute where, you know, where we hired taxonomists to come work in residence and, you know, we gave them everything that they needed to, 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 to become, you know, and we would do, we'd bring people in from all over the world, uh, to work on, you know, their regional fauna and, um, you know, and, and you know, with extensibility where we're thinking about it in context and, um, and, you know, and they got the training that they needed and they also, you know, had, you know, something like five years to, you know, to, 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 to really work and, and develop a team and, you know, and, you know, so, so something like, 
you know, an institute that was that's comparable to to the PEAT program from NSF uh, years ago. Sure. And um, uh, although I will say, you know, I, I would I would advocate for NSF reinstating PEAT tomorrow. The you know it was a great program and um, and it, uh, uh, it. And for people who don't know, that was a, a National Science Foundation granting program that that helped encourage taxonomy in a world in a global way. Yeah, to train to train Sorry students. To so, so, so I th- yeah to train students. You know, so, so so I think again, you know, it comes back to resources, and and I you know, and I think that we have to have the resources, we have to have the positions um, to uh, you know to move the science uh, forward. Um, you know, otherwise. You know, we're, we're, you know, taxonomists are put in this really, you know, untenable position of describing things as they're, you know, as they're disappearing. I mean, here in California, I've, you know, I have, you know, I've described a number of species that are now, you know, that were collected back in the 60s and 70s, set on a museum shelf for a certain number of years. And now there's a golf course where those, you know, where those species were, yeah. you know, that they're gone. They're lost from the planet uh, forever. Um I don't know if I answered your question, but that's the best I could do. Well, it wasn't so much a question. It was just your final thought, right? right? Okay. So you get to frame it however you want. Oh, okay. Well, I did give that's you my good. final thoughts. Um, did they answer any sort of question? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Jason, I, I want to sincerely thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, this will be a longer episode, I'm sure, but I think it's well worth it. And hopefully people will listen in and learn a lot from this. I know I have. And I meant it when I said it at the beginning. You actually are one of my arachnological heroes. I do appreciate you coming on here. Um, you're no Marshall Hadeen, just to throw out a little love to Marshall. But <laughs> no, you're right. I'm way better looking and much smarter. So. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm no. <laughs> no <laughs> but uh, no, I really appreciate it. And, and as I said before, I, I, you know, I mean, I think I think what you're doing is great. Um, I'm one of your many. Uh, you know, financial supporters online. So I, uh, <laughs> I encourage folks to, to pony up and support the cause. Many with sarcasm, just so people are aware. Oh, no, <laughs> that was not with sarcasm. There's a handful. There's a handful. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of your handful of supporters. How about that? <laughs> no, I do appreciate that. And I do. And I appreciate you coming onto the podcast. It was a real joy to get to talk to you. So thanks so much. To learn more about Dr. Jason Bond, follow him on Twitter at Jason underscore E underscore Bond. That's at J-A-S-O-N underscore E underscore B-O-N-D. And check out the episode description for more information and links to his webpage. Be sure to follow New Species on Twitter at Podcast Species. And like the podcast on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash New Species Podcast. And if you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash new species podcast. <laughs>